We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Here, guys, Derek and Cody. Guys, we have done something similar to this uh, a week or two back, uh, talking about you know the draft picks and giving them grades this year. But we haven't really talked about the best and worst ones. And we also haven't really talked a whole lot about 2022's free agent portal and kind of how that helped the Indianapolis Colts this year. So we're going to go ahead and hop into it, talking best and worst of the free agents and best and worst of the draft picks from 2022 and what we can look forward to going into next year. Uh, Okay, so we'll start with the free agents. And Cody, I think it's safe to say who clearly the best free agent signing was this year. And without a question was Stefan Gilmore, who came over from Carolina. I mean, you and I, from the moment Stefan Gilmore signed with this team, we said it. This guy is going to bring another dimension to this uh, to this defense. And this year, I mean, Stephon Gilmore was nothing short of spectacular this year for this team. Absolutely. He was best by far, um, was a difference maker and in so many different games. It's just a bummer that the offense screwed it up so many times because, you know, it kind of stifled, I guess, our excitement for how good Stephon Gilmore was down the stretch. And you know, won the Colts, I think, three games list last year. They only won four games, guys. And Stephon Gilmore won three of those. So, or he was a key partner in winning three of those. And so this dude is just on another level still. He's still a Pro Bowl type player. You know, wasn't perfect, wasn't necessarily the defensive player of the year he was a few years ago, but he didn't need to be that for the Colts, right? He he just needed to be a above average to, you know, Pro Bowl kind of corner. And that's exactly what he was. Um, and I think he was, I think be I think above average is a little bit disrespectful, honestly. He was fantastic for the Colts and he was exactly what they needed when they signed him to that two-year deal I mean he earned every penny of that this last year Derek and you know he was pretty durable down the stretch and he was just one of those guys that uh you know you know you had questions about accountability and things uh, on the team this last year but Stefan Gilmore was a guy that every single week he was accountable and he brought the energy and brought the juice every single week so Gilmore 100% 
was a great addition, Ballard's best addition probably in a long time out of free agency. And it just goes to show when Ballard does choose to go after some bigger name free agents, look what happens. You know, he found a guy here in Gilmore that, yes, he did command a lot of money. Absolutely. But it was definitely worth it, 100%. So, Stephon Gilmore, you were right. I think he was the best free agent signing by a long shot. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what, of the four wins that the Indianapolis Colts got this year, I mean, Stephon Gilmore had to put his skills to the test to win the game for us. The Kansas City Chiefs game forced the turnover. Denver, last play of the game, they tried him. Uh, The Raiders game, they tried him with Devontae Adams. He was locked down this year, man. I mean, he was one of the top 10 corners in the league this year. And I mean, that's incredible to say that because at the age of 32 and this guy's still playing like a top 10 corner in the league, he is still locked down. So it's very fantastic that they uh, brought somebody like him in to be a solidified corner. He was your clear number one corner and he definitely did a good enough job this year to keep this Colts defense honest on everything that it could do. So great pickup there by Chris Ballard and them. Uh, This next one really wasn't a free agent signing, but it was a guy that was brought over in the free agency period. He was the first, uh, the second move actually that the Indianapolis Colts got. And it was via trade. So this was Yannick Ngakwe who was traded from, the Raiders to Indy during free agency uh, brought over on a one-year $13 million deal. And, I mean, Cody, it took a while for Yannick Ngakwe to finally get going. But just like with a bunch of players for the defense, like it seemed like ever since week five or six, it just felt like Yannick Ngakwe really started to settle down and we started seeing how good of a player he actually could become. Yeah, I mean, nearly had 10 sacks. If he didn't suffer that throat, I think it was a throat injury or something like that. I think he easily would have had double-digit sacks this year for the Colts, and that's something that they haven't had in a long, long time. And so, yeah, you know, it wasn't necessarily the most impactful sacks all the time, but, hey, 10 sacks, nearly 10 sacks is 10 sacks. So, I mean, you can't argue with that. Um, But I don't know if they're going to bring him back or not, but, I mean, I think you can't – you definitely can't ignore that. And I think situationally, he's still a good pass rusher. He can still, you know, impact the game and, you know, get get to the quarterback a good number of times. And so, yeah, I mean, I think overall it was it was a solid trade for the Colts uh, when they got, you know, traded away Rakiasin and, you know, got Yannick Ngakwe. Um, I just wish he could have done a little bit more maybe in the run department and kind of showed his stuff there. But all in all, I mean, he still was able to, to have some games, put in some stretches where he looked really, really good getting after the quarterback. So. Yeah, he's definitely a guy that I think was a was a good on the positive side of uh, a new acquisition. Yep, absolutely. Uh, and then one last guy for the best free agents, and that was Rodney McLeod. You brought him over from the Philadelphia Eagles. You were hoping to have some veteran presence in that safety room. Again, the same thing that you had with Stephon Gilmore, right? You wanted another veteran presence that could lead some of these young guys to you know, try to improve their development. And Rodney McLeod outplayed his contract, Cody, three and a half times. I mean, what Rodney McLeod was, I mean, Rodney McLeod was one of the, your best tacklers all year, uh, seemed to make a bunch of great plays this year for this defense, just was always involved in the play. And 
again, just another good veteran player that Chris Ballard and company brought in and it ended up working out for him. It really helped solidify uh, their positioning. We didn't expect Rodney McLeod to play as much as he did this year, but he played pretty much the whole year and he did not disappoint. No, absolutely. He was uh, exactly what this young safety room needed, that vet leader in there to really uh, stabilize things, you know, and especially because Nick Cross wasn't quite ready uh, to be a full-time starter. It was just so easy for McLeod to step in there and, you know, never relinquish it after that. And, you know, hopefully, I know he's kind of been thrown around retirement. Hopefully he doesn't. I would selfishly love to have him back. Obviously wish him well whatever he decides there, but would love to have Rodney McLeod back in a Colts uniform because you're right. I mean, he had the best uh, season of his career and uh, he's been, he's played some for some pretty good teams and he's had some pretty good seasons. So Rodney McLeod, uh, I would honestly say, Derek, I don't know if we had these in order, if Yannick was your number two, but for me, Rodney is my number two, just because I think you're right. He outplayed his contract and I think he was less, maybe he was less flashy, but I think he was definitely more consistent than Yannick was. And so I would say for him, you know, just the expectations we had of him, maybe kind of being, uh, you know, the third safety, he came in and I think he was the number one safety this year for the Colts. So uh, love Rodney McLeod and all he does and would love to have him back for another year if that is possible because I think he definitely uh, was tremendous for this team this last year. All right, now we move on to the worst of the free agents that we got this year. Um, And this first one's not even close. Uh, It's cleared the number one, and it is Brandon Faison, who was also brought over from the Las Vegas Raiders this last year, uh, looking to, you know, be a backup corner for this team. And sure enough was Cody, I think if my numbers uh, have been correct, he was deemed as one of the worst corners in all of football this last year. Uh, yeah. Couldn't guard anybody, couldn't make tackles in the open field. Uh, Brandon Faison just never deserved to see the field this last year. <laughs> no, no, not at all. I mean, it seemed like every time there was a completion being made, more than often, it seemed like it was going towards number 31. And so, yeah, I, I'm not touching him. I'm not bringing him back. I mean, I, it's just it's almost a crime, Derek, that at one point, he was getting snaps over Isaiah Rogers. Like, I just think that is so silly. Yeah. Thinking about it now and just clearly the talent difference. It's just unbelievable that that was even a thing. Um, so, yeah, don't bring him back at all. I think you can do literally better with anybody else at corner right now. Um, you know, he's in his late 20s, so it's, lot, it's he's not even really that young anymore. Um, he kind of is what he is at this point at corner. So uh, I pr- much prefer to literally do anything else at corner and I would feel good about that moving forward. So yeah, I think he far and away, uh, you know, I don't know what the expectations were of him. So I don't know if I'd say that he was the worst free agency guy because we have some other guys here. I think expectations were maybe a little bit higher, but definitely didn't think he was going to be that bad. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And then for the final two free agents, uh, one of them, again, same situation as Yannick Ngakwe, wasn't really a free agent, but was brought over in that time period. So it goes to the two quarterbacks that the Colts brought in this offseason, Matt Ryan and Nick Foles. Again, say what you will about this offensive line this year, Cody. We both have said our piece that the offensive line clearly was not good at all, all season. But 
Matt Ryan was the king of turnovers this year. Uh, oh. An unworthy quarterback play. Uh, it, it, it is just not the Matt Ryan that we have ever seen. Uh, we have never seen Matt Ryan play that bad ever in a season. Uh, it, it was really drastically bad. And sure enough, that's why he gets put on this list. And Nick Foles has to go in there as well because you paid him a two-year deal worth $6 million to ride the bench until the final four weeks of the season only for, you know, him to look even worse than any of the rest of the guys. So, you know, he was a complete waste of money. I mean, both of these guys were a gigantic waste of money and it didn't end up doing anything good for the Indianapolis Colts. So, uh, yeah, that's why they're on this list, Cody. Yep. Yep. It was bad where you literally had no vertical offense at all for the majority of the season. You couldn't push the ball down the field. You know, it was very clear that Matt Ryan's arm was shot. Like it just, you weren't even attempting them. Like, and so defenses weren't scared of you. You you couldn't do anything. And we saw it, man. I mean, with, with these receivers, the receivers weren't perfect. They weren't great, but like, you just didn't even give them hardly any opportunities. I mean, what did we see in 2020 uh, or 2021, excuse me, with Michael Pittman Jr. We saw a lot of those jump balls, some 50-50 balls, and he, he would come down with a lot of those, right? He would do things. We didn't see any of that last year with Michael Pittman, like none at all. And I think you just talk about, like, you just didn't have a quarterback that you felt like could give him an opportunity, him or Alec Pierce. It was very far and in between. And when it did actually happen, though, I mean, we saw what happened, right? We saw what happened. Good things typically happen when you threw it up to them. I mean, you got six four, six three wide receivers, and you have a six seven tight end, and you just don't use them. You don't throw to them, and, and it just was baffling to me. And I think it was just like these quarterbacks, either you know, with Matt Ryan couldn't push the ball down the field, and with Nick Foles couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. So, yeah, it was bad. It was really bad, and you're going to have some dead cat from both these guys if you choose to, and you should choose to move on from both of them this off season. Uh, just. It's crazy that you paid that much to these two quarterbacks to have the worst quarterback room in the NFL. Just crazy to me how that happened. But yeah, it, it was rough last year, needless to say. Yeah, totally. All right. Well, we talked about the free agents. Let's talk about the best and worst draft picks. Uh, clearly, I think you and I can both agree that the best draft pick from this year was Rodney Thomas. Uh, Rodney Thomas, the seventh round draft pick out of Yale, uh, had three interceptions this year, or might be I four. Think four. I think it was think four, it was actually. Four. Yeah. I think he had one at the end of the year. But again, a guy who we never expected to even play. We were questioning on whether or not he was even going to make the roster. And then, sure enough, comes in through the first couple weeks of the season and just looks like. He just uh, belonged uh, just from the very, very beginning. So I love it. Uh, fantastic job by Rodney Thomas all year, who looked like a vet from the very beginning. Uh, just took him no time whatsoever to get comfortable with the Colts secondary. It leaves you very hopeful that you can see him progress even more. Yeah, he did great given the circumstances. And, you know, he jumped a, a guy that was taken four rounds earlier, right? In that yeah. cross. And, I mean, he was a critical part to your secondary. He was that third safety that we all wondered is Nick Cross going to be that this year? And 
clearly he wasn't, but but Thomas showed this ability around the football, you know, to make plays. And four interceptions as a rookie, especially coming into the seventh round, that is a massive steal. And I'm really excited to see how he continues to grow. Um, I would love, like, I would love for him to just continue to learn under Rodney McLeod for another year. So I think that was just really helpful for him and working with Mike Mitchell, who we know, you know, what Mike Mitchell was able to do working with guys like Quincy Wilson when he was a player in Indianapolis. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. Love Rodney Thomas here. I think he was, as far as value goes, the clearly the best one from this last draft. Yep, absolutely. And then the next one that we had, uh, that would be Jelani Woods. Um, Jelani, you know, again, had a slow start to the year. I mean, it was funny, Cody, because uh, we had, when we were starting the season out and when we were looking through training camp and everything, we sat back and we said, Jelani looks like the worst tight end of the whole group. And that included Andrew Ochiltree, who was selected in the sixth round of the same draft, who was playing better in training camp than Jelani Woods was. So Jelani early on was struggling, man. I mean, he did not look like he really belonged early on. And then as soon as we saw him in that Chiefs game, two catches for 13 yards and two touchdowns in that game, we knew Jelani Woods could be something special if they just threw him the dang football. And, you know, there were a lot of times this year that Jelani Woods, if, I mean, it was ironic, Cody, because his first seven catches, I mean, five of them were either for first downs or touchdowns. So, I mean, it go to sh- it went to show you that he was a phenomenal player and he's only going to develop more from here. I mean, people have a hard time understanding he's only been at the position for two years. I mean, yep. this is a two-year guy. with This is the kind of explosiveness that he has. I mean, the future is very bright for Jelani Woods and he showed you when he gets the ball in his hands, he'd be very deadly. So just get the ball in his hands, Colts. That's all we ask. Yeah, you know, he's a, get he's a, a quarterback this year that can actually throw oh, the ball man. to Jelani Woods for the 50 50. Hey, I'm just saying, CJ Stroud likes to throw the 50 50 ball. I'll take my chances with him and Jelani Woods a couple times. I'll take my hey, chances. You know, whatever quarterback you bring in, Jelani is going to be a hot target for him. Like, you, you just think about coming into a situation where you have two wide receivers that are 6'3, 6'4. And two tight ends that are over six foot seven, like, and one tight end that is that big, but also can move like Jelani Woods can move. I mean, dude, he, they're going to be, he's going to be best friends with this rookie quarterback. I'm so excited for that pairing. Like the fact yeah. that Jelani was able to do what he was able to do, despite the Colts literally having no vertical threat on the offense from their quarterback position. I mean, he's just scratching the surface. You're right. Like, he's got everything you're looking for, physical tools. And it's crazy he was doing those things while he was still a very raw prospect last year. So he has a year now in the system. He has a year now at the NFL level. He knows what to expect a little bit more. I think the sky's the limit for a guy like Jelani Woods. I mean, the athletic traits are there. You know, the playmaking ability is there. And now it's just like give him the ball, give him more volume, and see how he responds to that. And I think he'll he'll respond well. Yep, absolutely. And then this third one, um, we had someone different, and then we uh, we changed it after we initially said it. But uh, our next one's going to be Bernard Ryman. Uh, we had Alec Pearson here before, 
But I think with how Bernard Ryman ended the year, I think that it just makes total sense to have Bernard Ryman in this situation because Cody, I mean, we even look at the, all the charts that give you an idea of where Bernard Ryman ended the year, him and Braden Smith were some of the best tackles in all of the NFL on the back half of that season. They were two of potentially the top 15 best tackles in all of the NFL. So it really went to show you, I mean, they, they flipped the switch at the end of that year, which leaves you thinking, okay, this could potentially work for the Indianapolis Colts going forward, you know, for the next 10 years that these guys could potentially be what you need. But I mean, like we said, Bernard Ryman started the year off so bad, so bad. And it sucked because he was thrown into a bad situation. He wasn't supposed to start. And, but we, you know, he had to, because he was the best of the worst options. Uh, but he ended up he ended up improving very well. Uh, he actually did fairly well uh, in the middle of the year, and then at the end of the year, he wasn't giving up sacks at all at the end of the year, and against some pretty good talent. So, I mean, I I think you got to give it to the nod to Bernard Ryman here because of how consistent he was at the end of the year. Yes, yeah, and it's so much harder to see, you know, and to recognize sometimes offensive linemen. But I think if, if you don't hear their name, that's a really good thing, right? And we were hearing Bernard Ryman's name a lot at the beginning of the year for just penalties, for holding, for false starts, for things like that. Like, like you know, just rookie lumps that you would assume, um, you know, as a guy that's got thrown in that was not probably expecting to start. Um, and now all of a sudden, boom, you're the guy, you know, next man up mentality. I mean, and also talking about him in the way, in similar way to Jelani Woods, like he doesn't have a lot of experience at tackle either. Like he had one one year at Central Michigan before jumping to the NFL level. That's a big jump, Derek. So I was very encouraged with how much he improved. He showed so much improvement down the stretch. And uh, I think sometimes with tackles, with rookie tackles, you just got to throw them in and see how they do. Sink or swim. And Bernard Ryman, he's swimming right now. And that's exciting. I think he's definitely, obviously, we talked about this. His anchor's got to get better. He's got to get stronger. But he's got a whole offseason to do so, so I think he will. I think the big thing for him was just getting you know up to speed with the NFL level and getting his technique down. Um, and I think he's there with, from that standpoint, but he's just got to get stronger, and I think he will. And I think, yeah, the culture set at tackle for the next five to ten years. I really do feel good about it. So Bernard Ryman definitely deserves to be on this list, absolutely. And we'll go ahead and uh, now switch to – the worst draft picks of this year. And that'll end this. Uh, I think what we're going to go with is the first one is Nick cross. Uh, and not for the fact that, you know, later on down the, the road, he uh, could potentially be something even better. But of course, you know, we had high expectations, Cody, that at some point this year, Nick cross would get an opportunity to, you know, go in and, you know, maybe even make a standpoint on what kind of a player he could be. And he was the starter week one, got burnt on two touchdowns, and the Colts pretty much just didn't play him all the rest of the year. Uh, yeah. Clearly, Nick Cross has a long way to go uh, in order to be a, you know, starting left or starting safety here in this league, especially for the Indianapolis Colts. And we certainly hope, we're hoping that he continues to get down that road. 
But as it stands right now, where you drafted him in the third round, you traded for him. You, you want you said how great of an athlete this guy could be, and that there's some things here that he's got that other guys just don't. And it just it was a it was a disappointment of a season to say the least. It was, yeah, absolutely. The expectations were high for him, and just didn't live up to a mere one. But the good thing is, like you said, he's still got a lot of time to turn it around. So I'm not super concerned uh, about it. I mean, I'm sure he's learned a ton just learning behind Rodney McLeod and, and just and you know failure is the best teacher often. So yeah, I think he'll he'll be just fine. Um, I, I am intrigued to see year two. You know, do we start to see a little bit more Nick Cross? Because I think he certainly, like you said, he's got the traits, he's got the talent. He just needs to get on the field a little bit more. So we'll see what that what happens there. But yeah, for year one, a little bit disappointing. Yep. Uh, and then the next one, again, a player that we just didn't get to see all year. And that was Curtis Brooks. Uh, I think he became a fan favorite, you know, very quickly. He was a six round draft pick out of UC was part of that great UC defense that went to the final four of the college football playoff the, that year. And, you know, people were like, oh, this guy, this guy could be a dark horse for, you know, potentially making this roster and, you know, making some things happen. And sure enough, you know, was on the practice squad for the majority of the year. So, again, a player that a lot of people had high hopes for, and it just never turned out to be. Yeah, yeah, it sucks because Curtis Brooks, I mean, he, he we talked about the pass rush great. He was one of the better pass rushers coming out in the interior. So it was just like, what happened? Is it just, was it the size? Like, I don't know what happened with Curtis Brooks, but Certainly, we were we were hyping him up because we just heard how good he was, you know, and just never came to fruition for whatever reason. So, didn't work out. It happens sometimes. Yep. And then the last one, Eric Johnson, the second, just one of those, another player that you know he was a he was a role player this year, but just never really ended up doing much for this team and. You know, it's just kind of one of those situations where he was the fall guy in this situation. So Eric Johnson, again, a developmental prospect that you hope that you can get more out of, but he just didn't do much in the beginning. Yeah, and, and it's not really disappointing. It's just kind of like he was just meh. Like, you know, he was a later round pick. It's like some, you know, we didn't really get anything out of our, you know, rookie, you know, defensive tackles. Like we thought maybe one of them would emerge, but just neither of them really did anything. So. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode, guys. Let us know your thoughts on the best and worst of the free agents, the best and worst of the draft picks. Uh, let us know your thoughts. Thank you guys again so much for all the support. We greatly appreciate it. Let us know if there is some video ideas that you guys want us to talk about, and we'll be sure to take a look at them. Thank you again so much for all the support. And as always, guys, go Colts. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.